The sudden beam from a torch scorched her eye, so she dropped her gaze and put her face back to the ground. She was wearing her nightshirt and her Wellington boots, which were on the wrong feet, and she felt mortified. She also felt alarmingly cold. She spat. There was a tickle of grass and a crunch of soil in her mouth. The torch beam wavered. Shit! The police! She scrambled up, whacked by nausea as she did so. Disorientated, she still sensed an urgency to explain, because it couldn't look good to the police, that she'd been found sprawled on the ground in an oversized Snoopy T-shirt and wellies. "'Are you okay? one officer asked, steadying Petra, the firm arm of the law surprisingly gentle at her elbow. "'Oh, I'm fine,' she told them, hoping to sound convincing, but certain she sounded guilty. She looked around her. She recognised nothing. She didn't know where she was. A park? Where is this? She caught the glance that passed between the officers. She just wanted to go home, warm up, tuck in tight for a better night's sleep. Better not ask any more questions, then. Better leave that to the police. Better still. Give them answers before they even ask. My name is Petra Flint, she said clearly, and I sleepwalk. Oh, my God, my grandmother is dead. The shrill of the phone woke Rob with a start. His ailing grandmother, his primary thought. He grabbed at his watch, noting it was almost three in the morning as he said hello. He listened carefully. Soon enough, faintly amused by how he could be relieved it was just the police. Grandma is fine, Rob thought, though he wondered whether he'd now jinxed her life by anticipating her death. Yes, Petra Flint, he said with the measured bemusement of a parent being called before their child's head teacher. Petra is my girlfriend. Yes, she is known to sleepwalk, though usually she takes measures to prevent this. Keeps herself under lock and key. You found a where? He scrambled into some clothes, muttering that Christ, he was tired. As he found Petra's keys and snatched up his own from the mantelpiece, he wondered why somnambulists never managed to subconsciously take their keys when they took off into the night. On one sortie, Petra had filled her coat pockets with onions. On another... She had taken the remote control from the television with her, having first removed the batteries and placed them in a careful configuration on the kitchen table. In the ten months Rob had known Petra, and on the many occasions she had sleepwalked, only a few times had she made it out into the night, yet not once had she taken her keys, or a penny, or her phone. And as he drove off towards Wetston, at the behest of the police, Rob decided that, in this age of mobile telecommunication, it was for sleepwalkers alone that phone boxes still existed, providing shelter and the reverse charges call until someone arrived to take them home. This was, however, the first time he'd been called by the police. Her sheepish expression could have been due as much to her snoopy nightshirt as to the circumstance. Rob thought she looked rather cute, all forlorn and mortified, if he ignored the Wellington boots and the dirt on her chin. Petra, he said, raising an eyebrow towards the duty officer. 
What were you thinking? He always asks me that, Petra thought petulantly, and he never listens when I say, I don't think, I don't know. Somewhere in the deeper reaches of my subconscious state, which I simply cannot access when I'm awake, I obviously thought that this was a very good idea at the time. She shrugged. Do you have my keys? Yes, he said. Come on. He put his fleece jacket around her shoulders and bit his tongue against commenting on her Wellington boots. They certainly weren't pinders. They weren't even imitations. These were old-fashioned, shapeless tubes of black rubber reaching the unflattering point midway up her bare calves. Tomorrow, he'd see the funny side. Tonight, he was tired and a little irritated. One day you'll get hurt, you know.